My friends, it's once again Happy Easter, and uh, we, we should be filled with Paschal joy, as we're going to pray with at the preface of the Mass. Paschal joy at the resurrection of our Lord. And there are three points that we can kind of consider with regard to uh, the Easter message. The first is that the resurrection of the Son of God from the dead is a historical reality. It actually historically happened. Jesus was a man who's also God, is a man who's also God, uh, theologically correct, and then um, that he lived 2,000 years ago, that he suffered capital punishment um, under the Roman procurator Pontius Pilate, um, and that the Romans were very good and very efficient at killing people. Um, And then on the third day after this capital punishment, he rose from the dead, that he is actually right now alive, that that is what we are actually historically claiming, that Jesus Christ is right now alive. He's not dead. And that his tomb to this day is still empty. And I know I mention it every Easter, but on the candlesticks in the tomb, it's, be- it's in Latin from um, actually Mark's account of the resurrection. Non est hic. He's not here, right? It's the only tomb you go to in the whole world for it to be empty. <laughs> that the person who's supposed to be buried there isn't actually there because um, he has risen from the dead. He is alive. The resurrection isn't just a a myth, a a nice story, a Jesus memory lives on. No, that's baloney, right? He is alive. He rose from the dead historically. And that there's little kind of pieces of evidence that we could could piece together um, about the resurrection accounts and how the apostles relate it, how Mary Magdalene relates it, how St. Paul relates it and after his encounter with the Lord and how they're all talking about this. And that the apostles um, even take this little detail that John gives us, who, first of all, he, I don't know, maybe he's, you know, being super somber, but if John and Peter both run to the tomb and he's like, and I ran faster. I got, I got there first, right? I ran faster than Peter. Um, uh, maybe that's just a friendly little piece in there, or maybe there's something more to it, but who knows? Anyway, he bent down, he sees the burial cloth there, but he didn't go in. He waits for Peter, right? The primacy of St. Peter, waiting for Peter. That could be a beautiful meditation on waiting for the church. Even though we may run faster sometimes, we wait for the church. We wait for Peter. Um, and then Peter's the one who has the right to go into the tomb. And he sees the burial cloth there, but the cloth that had covered his head was not with the burial cloth but rolled up in a separate place. Now, here's the thing. Little detail. Um, If you're going to steal a body, probably don't unwrap it before you steal it. And if you're going to unwrap it, don't fold the sheets after you do, right? I don't know that much about thievery, even though I am from Waterbury. Um, I don't know that much about it. But, like, if I'm going to steal your TV... I'm not going to roll up the cords nicely for you um, before I leave with the TV, right? You don't do that. Uh, I'll break the window, and I'll, I'll, but I'll sweep up the glass. Don't worry. And I'll put it away nice in a pile. Um, but that's what we get here is that the cloths are all there. And in fact, the face cloth is, is nicely folded, um, and it's not with the other bare cloths. Little details. Not, you know, the big stuff is there, but even these little details are a sign historically. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He's not dead anymore. And that this is our, uh, the historical claim at the basis of our entire religion. Jesus is alive. If he's not, 
if they just went to the wrong tomb because they forgot the spot, if Jesus actually isn't alive or if he never existed or whatever, then what we're doing, like, you should have slept in this morning, right? Um, that go or go out, enjoy the sunshine, right? Jesus is actually alive. And that that is historically what we claim. And if he is alive after being put to death by the most efficient killers in the history of the world at that time, then he has to be God. No one else can bring themselves back to life. Like, try it. It doesn't work. Um, You can't do it. But God can. He brings himself back to life. He rose, resurrects seat. He rose from the dead. Point one, this is a historical reality. Point two, it doesn't just stay a historical reality for Jesus. Rather, we are called and enabled, empowered to share Jesus' resurrection through the sacrament of baptism. That in baptism, St. Paul said there in that reading to the Colossians, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. In baptism, we die with Christ. We are buried with Christ in the death of baptism. And then we rise again with him. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. By our baptism, the resurrection doesn't just stay a thing historically for Jesus, but rather it's communicated to us that we share in his resurrection, that we share in his victory over death, we share in his victory over slavery to sin, that we are set free and we become adopted sons and daughters of God the Father in the sacrament of baptism. In our baptisms, we share in Jesus' resurrection. So that it doesn't just stay something for him. It's not just his victory. It's my victory. I am victorious at Easter. Jesus' victory isn't just um, a, a historical thing. I am part of the victory. It's like, I, don't, I haven't followed baseball. I've been giving up media, right? But it's kind, of, it, it's kind of like if the Red Sox win the World Series this year, let's hope, um, right? Unless you're a Yankees fan, then I'm sorry. But, I'm, you know, my, my true colors are known. Um, that if the Sox win the World Series and they, like, invite me onto the field, like, no, Father Casey, it's your victory too. Like, you win. <laughs> Congratulations. Here's a World Series ring, right? It'd be like Tom, if Tom Brady called me down after winning the Super Bowl and, like, Father Casey, like, here's the ring. You're part of the team, Right? In baptism, we're made part of the team. We're part of Christ's team. We identify ourselves with him. We are Christians. And so we are, we are conformed to him in baptism. All of you who have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. And so we rise with him. It's our victory. We win. We celebrate. That's our celebration isn't just for historical reality but it's for our participation in that, our sharing in it. So Jesus is historically alive. We share in that through baptism. Then the third point is that what this should do, our recognition of the holiness that we're called to live on account of that and of the joy that we have, the paschal joy I mentioned, should overflow into apostolate. That we need to spread 
this message. This is the most important Ewangelion. That's, a Greek, that's a, the Greek word for it'd be the victory tidings, right? Whenever the army would win a victory, they send a runner with the Evangelium or the Ewangelion. It's the victory announcement. We won. Go tell the people. We won. And so what is the gospel comes from that word. That's the word for gospel. Evangelium. Ewangelion. Um, it is the victory tidings. And so we, going out from this church today, need to go spread that message. Go tell people. Today's not about bunnies and eggs and, and whatever the relation is because bunnies don't lay eggs. But, whatever, but it's not about bunnies and eggs and candy and even other kind of dinner and food or even family, as good as that is. Today is about spreading the message. Our God was dead. And he came back to life. And he offers us a share in that victory. This is the good news of Easter. And so we are called to spread it. Just as St. Peter did in that reading from the Acts of the Apostles. To stand up before the crowd and to tell them, Jesus was dead and now he is alive. He has risen. Resurrexit, sicut dixit. He rose as he said he would. We have to go tell everyone. Tell the people that will listen. Tell the people that won't listen. Tell someone today. Jesus rose from the dead. This is the most important statement we make as Christians. This is it. This is our day. And so our, our sharing in Jesus' resurrection overflows into the apostle. When we're filled with joy. When, you, when something great happens... You have to tell people. You don't say, oh, whoa, okay, this was the most important thing that ever happened in my life. All right, I'm going to take a nap now, right? No. You get on the phone. You tell everyone. You're texting people. I had some pictures from the vigil mass last night, which was beautiful. And Eliza Harris, one of our teenagers, was baptized. Now she's a daughter of God. And as soon as I got all the pictures, I'm calling friends. I'm telling them how great it all was. She's posting it. She's sharing the pictures. Why? Because something great has happened. And we have to tell people, Easter is something great. Jesus is alive. We have to tell people. If we don't feel that apostolic impulse, then we haven't interiorized enough the reality of the joy of what's happened. And so, my friends, this is our message today. Historically, Jesus Christ is alive. This happened. We share in it by our baptisms, and then that sharing overflows into our spreading of the Evangelium, the good news that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead.